in that moment, I heard the voice of God in the form of a very forceful thought that I knew did not come from me. And he said, he isn't dead. He will not die. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. How often do we seek external answers to satisfy the longings of the heart? God answered Hillary's longing for more in the most unexpected of ways. In today's episode, Revival of the Heart. My name is Hillary. I stay home with my four kids in this season, and I had a radical encounter with the living Jesus that changed my life forever. Um, as a kid, I, I had a wonderful um, upbringing where I never doubted the, the truth and presence of God, went to church, vacation Bible school, um, just a really solid foundation that I'm so grateful for. And it wasn't perfect. Um, when I was in seventh grade, my parents got divorced. And so there was definitely some uh, hard things. But for the most part, um, I always knew that God was real and that he was the source of truth and that his way was best. Although I definitely deviated from that. In high school, I was walking in the world just doing whatever felt good and right and and definitely um, just a, a superficial, fleshly existence, I think. Even then, I can look back and see even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, that he was there. He was, he was present. There was always that dissonance inside that uh, conviction that I, I didn't have peace outside of, of his, his will and his desires for my life. So I, I see that as his mercy. Uh, it's a good thing. And I'm so grateful. I met my husband in undergrad. We, we got married, uh, which is wonderful. And I think it wasn't until we had been married for five years and got pregnant that things started to take a more serious focus for me, like more intentional. I knew the truth, but I wasn't walking in it. And I was not okay being a, a hypocrite. I did not want to um, know the truth, but not live it. And knowing that I was responsible for another life was probably the catalyst that um, set me into motion of seeking the Lord again. And and by seeking the Lord, I mean like doing all the things that I knew, um, uh, not doing bad things and doing all the good things, walking the line, um, going to Bible study, going to church. Um, so that's how life went for, gosh, um, another five years, I was again doing all the right things and in, in Bible study and church and involved in different different things. By this time, we have three children. Our youngest was two, and so our oldest was five. And 
I was in a particular Bible study that um, was focusing on the book of Revelation. And I remember being really concerned because the, the letters to the churches, those warnings, I saw in my church and, and it made me, it made me worried. I was scared because I saw um, those warnings like, you think you're alive, but you're mostly dead. Um, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. You've lost your first love. I mean, it was it was not necessarily one particular letter to a particular church, but it was all of them. And it just I, I just felt in my spirit the word waste, and that the things that we were doing were were just wasteful and that the Lord wasn't necessarily in it. And I knew that something was missing, but I, I didn't know what it was. And so I started to pray. I prayed for a revival, um, believing that it was with my church, the focus as of the, the source of this revival. And, um, my husband and I, we started, uh, really pressing into getting even more involved. We were hosting prayer meetings and and visioning meetings, thinking like, oh, we just need a better, you know, ministry outreach, or we need to refresh the core values, or we need a new sign. <laughs> like, something is missing. What is it? And so that's that was where I was in um, in this season. And I and even still, I believe that the Lord was blessing it because my heart was pure and it was seeking Him and what he wanted for our lives, um, and believing that there, that there was more that we, that we didn't have. So, um, one day, a man from my church, uh, my age, he asked me to, he needed help with his son. He needed somebody to watch his son who was the same age as my oldest. Um, this little boy is six, really sweet, little boy, obedient, respectful, just a joy. So no big deal. Of course I can watch him while you go to work. And we plan to go swimming that day at a friend's house. So I told him, you know, pack your swim stuff. We'll, we'll go. It'll be great. We'll have a good time. So, um, and it was, we had a wonderful day. Um, after we'd been there for a while, it was like five o'clock and my two-year-old was getting tired and fussy and, you know, people were getting off work. So it's probably time to get home and do dinner. So I told everybody to get out of the pool and let's line up my three kids and this little boy. At that moment, the homeowners brought out a new floaty and it was this really awesome alligator floaty. And literally I saw the kids eyes light up and I knew that this little boy was having, like, it was a a difficult season for um, their family at home. And so thinking about what a good time we'd had. I was like, you know what? It's five more minutes. So, um, I took my two-year-old and I was literally like bouncing him on my knee so that this other little boy could try out this alligator floaty. And, um, even though, you know, we're poolside, I was super distracted and I didn't notice that whenever I told everybody to line up and get ready to go, that this little boy, um, took off his floaties and then he didn't put them back on um, to get back in the pool. And I didn't notice that he fell off of the alligator floaty in the deep end. Um, and I didn't hear the other little boy say, wow, he can hold his breath for a really long time. 
Um, it was only when the homeowner who happened to be home on a Tuesday afternoon and also medically trained, um, which was such a blessing, but he started calling my name saying, Hillary, Hillary. And I look up and I don't see the little boy. And I, so I, I put my son down, my two-year-old down, and I run over and look into the deep end and I see this little boy, you know, it's all happening so quickly. So of course the, the homeowner jumps in, grabs the little boy from the bottom of the pool, pulls him, brings him to the top. I pull him out of the pool onto the sidewalk and I look at his face and, and his, his face is just blue and his lips are, are purple and his eyes are open, but like there's nothing there. And in that moment, I heard the voice of God in the form of a very forceful thought that I knew did not come from me. And he said, he isn't dead. He will not die. And so at that moment, like I wasn't afraid. All fear just left. And I, I had no grid for praying for the miraculous for, you know, any, any of that. I, all I knew was like, you know, Jesus is real and we need him. And so I started crying out, Jesus, Jesus, come, come Lord Jesus. And as I'm, um, the, the friend is doing CPR and I'm calling 911 and just crying out to Jesus. And by the time I told the emergency crew, um, where to come, the, gave them the address. The little boy is sitting up breathing on his own, like totally fine. And I, uh, remember driving to the hospital and thinking I'm about to have to call his parents and tell them that I almost let their kid die. And, uh, yeah, I, I just remember feeling such relief and, and bringing him to the hospital. They checked him out. They kept him overnight just for observation, but he was 100% fine. No moisture in his lungs, no, um, cognitive issues, nothing like totally fine. And so that night I remember leaving the hospital and going to my house and, I remember walking into my bedroom and then just like uh, collapsing under the the weight of it that I, I just felt the goodness of God. I felt uh, like it all just, the reality of it all just fell on me in that moment. And I had no words. And I remember just saying, God, I can't even say thank you because it's it's not good enough. You saved me from a lifetime of guilt and shame. And for the second time that day, I felt, I heard the voice of the Lord in such a forceful thought. And he said, oh, daughter, I did that for you a long time ago. And I just, it was like a well just broke. I, this dam just broke. And I, it was, it was such a release. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because until that moment, I, I knew God to be a righteous judge. You reap what you sow. 
But in that moment, I felt so loved, so protected, so much grace and mercy. Like he gave me a gift of of faith in that moment that I had not cultivated. Um, I didn't have faith to, to pray for something so miraculous, but I know that that Jesus was there that day and I saw a little boy raised from the dead. And um, so that night I found Psalm 34. I believe that the Lord led me there uh, because it was so perfect. And I went right to it. And and it says that the angel of the Lord encamps around the righteous and that his ear is attuned to their cry. And this poor man cried out and he heard me and he saved me from all of my troubles. I taste and see that the Lord is good. And it was it was such a big moment for me because it really kick-started my um, hunger for the Lord. Like, what was that? Jesus was at the pool that day. I didn't necessarily do anything to earn it or deserve it, but he was there because he loves me. And I cried out and he heard me and he rescued me from all my troubles. And it was different than anything I had ever experienced before to that magnitude. You know, I definitely had encounters, you know, as a, as a child where, where the Lord was so good and, and, and would give me peace. But, uh, this was definitely a powerful supernatural encounter that wrecked me for, the ordinary. I could not go back to life as usual. I could not. The enemy came to wreck me that day. And God intervened because he knew I would say yes. <laughs> Sorry. All those prayers for revival were answered, but he, he answered them in me. <laughs> He revived me. He breathed life into me that day. And the things that I thought were missing, just, uh, he just opened my eyes to, to relationship with him. That it wasn't about the things that I would, that I had to do or not do that it was about entering into a covenant um, that he established a long time ago, that he brought me into this love relationship where, like, love is the currency and it's in abundance. It's, It's not this transactional thing like, oh, if I, if I, live right and I spend two hours in prayer, then I'll get blessed and I can bring him glory. But seeing that he's so much bigger than all of that in my life today, it's, it's like, um, I I wake up in love with him and, and literally like seeking, okay, Lord, who do you want to love today? Who do you want to love today through me? Who do you want me to love? And I always feel like his answer is yes. <laughs> yes. That was a huge thing for me. I I really always 
was so aware of, you know, falling short or this fallen nature that I have to be the presence of the Holy Spirit that's convicting people when that's not at all what scripture says. It says that it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance and we get to be that goodness. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's like better than Oprah, you know, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you know, it's like, we're gonna, no, you get loved. You get the Father. You get the love of the Father. You get the love of the Father. You know, and all you have to do is receive it. I think ultimately I came to the place where I felt like the thing that was missing, and maybe I was focusing on my church when it was really missing in me. It was the presence of the Holy Spirit, and of course, He He's there. We we get the gift of the Holy Spirit when when we make Jesus Lord. It's with salvation, but I think I didn't have an awareness of it that, 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 you know, if, if it's a window, the blinds were closed. And so knowing that there's a lot of light that wants to come into this house, which is me, my life, then I need to open up the windows I need, but just having an awareness of like, I don't, I'm, I'm standing in this room and I don't know what's missing. And then becoming aware that what's missing is him and the light. He wants to fill it. And so just opening up. And I think that's what's so miraculous. If I, if I could tell anybody anything, it would be that God is real and he's good. He's not somebody, something that you have to run from. I think that's, that's the thing that we get caught up in and like, okay, well, we all, we all believe that God is real, but I don't think that we all have an understanding of his goodness. Uh, That's why we shrink back. That's why we run and hide. That's why we want to cover ourselves in fig leaves that are human works of, you know, let's polish up the external because we feel like there's something else that we need to do before we can be accepted. This is what we were created for, this union with God, that that Jesus didn't come to show us what God could do. God, we know that God's amazing. He parted the Red Sea. Jesus came to show us what we could do when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's the example. I mean, we make him the exception, and he is exceptional. <laughs> but the example of what we're called, what we're created for. And that kind of thing just, just blows my mind. Um, and I love it. I love knowing that we can come right into the throne room, right, right in front of our father who loves us and is so good. He's better than we can even imagine. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we think you'll also enjoy Joe's story, But I'm Innocent, and Justin's story, Moved with Compassion. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. 
God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.